Welcome back to the Daily Report brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. We are your hosts, Will Smith and Jasmine Robb, bringing you the highlights from our newest report. The Report for December 15th, 2020. Climate. What are the ethical considerations for ongoing COVID-19 vaccine trials now that we have multiple efficacious vaccines that have been approved for widespread use? An expert opinion penned by bioethicists from the National Institute of Health explore the ethics of continuing these large double-blinded placebo-controlled trials for new COVID-19 vaccines. They ultimately conclude that it is ethical to continue as long as participants are properly informed and consented and the risk-benefit profile of the trial remains acceptable. The advantages of continuing these trials is that they may lead to the discovery of longer-lasting vaccines, better immunity, or greater efficacy in certain subpopulations. However, the authors emphasize that participants in these trials should be informed of the availability of these other efficacious vaccines, and they should be allowed to leave the trial if so desired. Understanding the Pathology The L37F mutation may be critical to asymptomatic COVID-19 infection and transmission. Computer scientists from the University of Illinois analyzed 75,775 SARS-CoV-2 complete genome isolates to explore virological characteristics in asymptomatic COVID-19 patients. They found patients with asymptomatic COVID-19 were significantly more likely to have the SARS-CoV-2 single nucleotide mutation L37F on the non-structural protein 6, or NSP6. And countries with the highest L37F mutation ratio also had the lower death ratio. Artificial intelligence, topological data, and network analysis revealed that L37F destabilizes NSP6's structure in a way that impedes viral assembly and replication. Authors suggest L37F mutation as a possible explanation for asymptomatic COVID-19 and encourage further research on therapies targeting NSP6. Transmission and Prevention The transmissibility of COVID-19 largely depends on the quantity of viral load present during the onset of symptoms. Infectious disease specialists and microbiologists from the Toyama University Graduate School of Medicine and Pharmaceutical Sciences in Japan conducted a case control study comparing 14 patients with COVID-19 who did transmit the infection to other patients, quote, index patients, compared to 14 COVID-19 positive patients who did not transmit the virus to another patient, and they found that those index patients had higher viral loads at onset of symptoms compared to those non-index patients, with almost a two-fold increase in their quantity. They also found that in general, symptomatic patients had a higher initial viral load than asymptomatic patients, suggesting that elevated nasopharyngeal viral load contributes to secondary transmission characteristics of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and they argue that understanding this viral threshold for infectivity can guide better quarantine and isolation policies. Peripheral oxygenation does not decrease in older persons wearing non-medical face masks in the community setting. Internists from McMaster University in Canada conducted a crossover study of 25 retirement home residents all older than 65, in order to monitor their self-measured peripheral oxygen saturation with the use of a three-layer disposable non-medical face mask. Their results indicated that pulse oximetry was 96.1% in the one hour before using the mask, 96.5% in the hour that they were wearing the mask, and 96.3% in the hour after removing the mask. 
authors suggest that despite public concerns about masks' potential ability to decrease the oxygenation of those with underlying health disorders or elderly, these results strongly indicate that the use of non-medical face masks is not associated with a decrease in SpO2 or pulse oximetry in older populations. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay informed with us. Read less, do more. With COVID-19, LST.org.